1: slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need
0: indeed. T-Wolves take care of business versus the Spurs 114-105. I got our expert Sam Ekstrom. He's going to help us break it all down and it's all coming up next on the Lockdown Wolves Postcast. You are Locked On Wolves Postcast, part of Locked
1: On Minnesota on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: What's up? What's up? Back in the lab, back at it. Another T-Wolves Postcast episode right here on the Locked On Sports Minnesota Network. You got myself, Luke Inman, at Luke underscore Spinman. See that? Look at that. We're going to the bullpen, baby. No Jack Borman, no Tyler Metcalf. We're going deep in the bench. It's Sam Ekstrom, our guy, host, of the Locked On Sports Minnesota Basketball Party each and every Wednesday. Follow him on Twitter, at Sam Ekstrom. And Sam, before we jump into all the action, quick reminder, tonight's episode brought to us by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers, you're getting $150 in bonus bets with any $5 bet. That's $150. If your bet wins, visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Okay, buddy. Uh, Wolves coming in off a nice win versus the Nets Saturday night. Couple days of rest. Always take that when you can get it. They get Rudy back for this one, but they lose Carl Anthony Towns. He missed tonight due to some personal reasons. Nonetheless, Anthony Edwards, he leads the team with 18 points at the half, but the big storyline at that point, Mm -hmm. he heads to the locker room with what looked like a sprained left ankle. More on that a little bit later. But meanwhile, Wolves go into the locker room themselves up 15, thanks to a lot of fast break points, good play in the paint. By the way, they started out 3 of 12 inside the paint, and then they just went on a tear. I mean, they made their next like seven in a row. They dominated the inside game from there on out, thanks to Nas Reed, thanks to Rudy Gobert. Ant does return, thankfully. He finishes with 34 on the night. And the Wolves really, I mean, they never look back. They win their 34 40, 41st game of the year, 114-105. And they start a new winning streak with some back-to-back wins. So, Sam, just kick us off here. What what were your two or maybe three biggest observations from this one?
2: Well, it's good to be here with you. Um, Tyler Metcalf, get well. Um, I know that right. when it's a back-to-back, you got to call upon the depth sometimes. So I I get that. Um, I would like to thank Victor Wembenyama, who I think woke up the Timberwolves early in this game with a couple of highlight real moves he goes behind the back off the backboard very early in this one gets fouled goes to the line and I think when you're playing Wemby you're obviously trying not to get posterized by like a total alien and when that happens I think that wakes you up a little bit I think you say okay this 18 year old French kid's not going to come in to our building and do that to us. Right. And I actually thought the Wolves were a little ticked off at at I don't know if directly at Wemby, maybe just a little embarrassed. But Wemby kind of hit him with a couple moves early on, and then Rudy posterizes the guy three times in yeah. the game. Uh, Mike Conley got him off balance and and kind of tried to float a three up over him. Somebody threw a lob over top of him. Nas Reed was attacking him, and I felt like the Wolves just demoralized Victor Wembanyama in this game. I don't care that he finished with 17, 13, and five. That's a good box score, and that's all it is because he was out to lunch. The Wolves the Wolves took his lunch money in this game. And even though the – congrats to the, the Spurs for covering. If you had the Spurs plus 13 and, <laughs> and a half, congratulations. What you are we, Al Michaels, tonight? all of a
0: sudden? We're, <laughs> we're yeah. commenting on the spread?
2: Yeah, yeah well, well, we're going there. We're going there. Brought to you by FanDuel. Um, I I thought the wolves did exactly what they should have done tonight. The final six minutes were a wash. The wolves had packed it in at that point, conserving energy for Memphis. Um, I thought it was a really good three and a half quarters by the wolves after Victor woke him up with a little wake up call early in the game.
0: Yeah, well said here. Let's shift gears just a little bit over to the main man, the MVP, Anthony Edwards. Check this out. Points per game leaders since February 4th. So about three and a half weeks. Luka Doncic, 31.5. Anthony Edwards, 31.4. So more or less tied for the most Mm. points per game in the league over the past three and a half weeks. Uh, Listen, obviously hold your breath anytime any player goes down, but you can always hear a pin drop when Ant, Kind of gets shaken up, or like he did tonight, goes down. Thankfully, he comes back in the second half, never skips a beat. How do you just put into words though his recent surge, this spike the last month or so? Because this guy's taking his game to a new level, and it kind of feels like we're watching him kind of morph in to the blue chip superstar we all know he can be.
2: Yeah, you know, I think when when Anthony Edwards has developed these first three years of his career, we've seen him hit that ignition where he can just turn it on. And those glimpses may have, it may have been every five games, every 10 games as a rookie. And like the, the time between those flip switches is getting less and less. It's happening every game right now where we get an Anthony Edwards surge, where he is so dialed in. We saw it in the fourth quarter against Milwaukee, the fourth quarter against Brooklyn on Saturday and the third quarter, I would say tonight against the Spurs coming off an injury. Um, the Oscars are coming up. I would like to award Anthony Edwards the Oscar for best acting in a horror film because that was a horrific moment. You heard the gasps, wow, the jaws were on the floor, people were opening yeah. their eyes. I think Anthony Edwards just wanted a little longer halftime. He does have a flair for the dramatic, he has miraculously healed himself before. So, I guess maybe this is he's the new Xavier Rhodes, Luke Inman. He's oh boy, a little little Xavier in him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A couple comments in the comment section. Josh Williams said, man, when Ant went down, I thought the season was over. Our guy ran <laughs> the planet speaking on those tough ankle injuries. Hey, yeah. I'm sure our guy Ron Johnson could attest to a few rolled ankles over at the lifetime gym as he balls it up every week as well. But yeah, that was a scary moment for sure. Let me switch gears sir. I want to ask you about the defense just a little bit. Uh, I saw this stat. I think it was in the pregame. Um, Wolves have held their opponent under 100 points and under 40% shooting 13 times this year, okay? For reference, Mm -hmm. no other team has done it more than six times this year. So that in itself is pretty insane. I know they didn't hold the Spurs to under 100 tonight, but everyone knows this is the best defense in the league. I'm curious where you think it's compared to, like, other great defenses over, you know, whatever, the past two, three, four, five years, take it as far as you want. Like, is this a historically great defense we're watching or is, is it, it you know I, I say just in air quotes here I say I don't want to water down or diminish what they've done this year it's been absolutely dominant but is it just the best defense in the league this season where are they kind of on the larger scale
2: yeah well, well let's let's remember what the NBA used to be the right. NBA That's- used to be a grinded out 85 to 83 final score kind of league so you're ultimately your opponent field goal percentage in 1995 gonna be a heck of a lot lower than 2024 that's just that's the climate we live in so when you're looking at the last I think you can really only judge the last what five to ten years and even even go back ten years right that's sort of the the start of the wave where teams were like the Rockets were adopting the whole, you know, three pointers and layups philosophy in response to Steph Curry. So it's all on a curve. The goalposts are constantly moving. I think that you look at this year and you say, yeah, this team is is a fantastic modern defense in what they're able to do. They're able to defend the perimeter. They close out super hard and they've got the best defender in the NBA this year, without a doubt, Rudy Gobert, who again, was marvelous tonight going up against his fellow Frenchman, you know, Victor Weminyama, who's almost half his age. And like I said, posterized him multiple times. He shoved him out of the way, showed his strength, and showed that Victor's got a lot of maturing physically to do, I think, to be a real factor on a contending team. Um, But yeah, this this is a special defensive outfit the Wolves have, which is such a breath of fresh air after the lackluster 2022 23 campaign where it just didn't materialize
0: yeah rp historically good versus the league average that's a good tidbit there jeff great point here to your point sam three-point revolution makes historical comparison almost impossible and i think Mm -hmm. both those things can be true uh No Rudy last game, Sam. So we got kind of a small sample of what that looked like versus the Nets. Tonight, no Cat, who was absent for personal reasons. Mm -hmm. I've, I've seen a few people now in the comments section tell me, don't quote me, I think, I heard he posted on his Instagram and, and he made it sound like he lost a really good friend. So if that is the case, our thoughts and condolences to the family and everyone involved, obviously. But I think I'm most curious about what you thought looked different without him on the floor, outside of the obvious stuff, right? And and then what still maybe looked the same at its core when you think about Timberwolves basketball and, and what their identity has been this year? Because, again, I know the, the first thought is, OK, they're going to miss him, you know, his shooting, his size, the physicality. They started three of 12 from the paint. I mentioned that at the top and then they go on a tear though and hit their like next seven in a row and then never really look back after that. What'd you notice though, the most tonight, I guess, without cat mm-hmm. and maybe just how it changed the way things looked.
2: Yeah. I mean, all will I'll do respect to cat. You don't miss him when Nas Reed goes eight of 10 for 22 points. <laughs> right. I mean that, that, that is as good a replacement as you can call upon. I guess it affects your bench depth when Nas is in the starting lineup and and then you're, you know, you're you're a little smaller, I think, and especially without slow mo in the second half. Remember, he left with a hamstring. Mm-hmm. That's noteworthy as well for the Memphis game tomorrow. So you're seeing a lot of a lot of McLaughlin, a lot of Nikhil off the bench. So you are smaller, um, certainly. But in when Nas is on the floor, I mean, he's so efficient. He, in some ways, is a little more effective, I think, at finishing around the rim than Cat. He is able to play the angles off the glass as well as any big man you'll see in the league like hands in his face doesn't matter right hand left hand doesn't matter uh he's got a beautiful kind of floater the The man is versatile swiss army knife kind of player 22 points eight of 10 six rebounds in 33 minutes hyper efficient and he defended really hard tonight now i think I think Cat could have also scored 40 in this game because the Spurs were an abomination. Like mm-hmm. the, they were, we watched the Timberwolves, right? And the Timberwolves are blushing at how careless the Spurs were with the ball. Uh, it was ugly tonight. I think a lot of guys would have thrived, but I mean, Nas made us not miss Cat too much at all.
0: I know it's not quite a Timberwolf howl, but my golden doodle is howling. We're going to take a quick 10 second timeout so I can take care of that.
2: All right. I'll tap dance um let me tell you about the and oh there you go he's we're back, back.
0: Baby, okay. Yeah, she was all jacked up, and and uh, she thought what she said was, eh, it was a little hot takey there as well. I got some box score scouting here, which I know it doesn't always tell the whole story here. I already talked about Ant. You just mentioned Nas Reed as well, the game he had, phenomenal. Rudy with 13. Jaden with only two. He's been kind of hot and cold as of late. Conley with 16. slow you mentioned, had to leave the game with that tight hammy. Uh, Naw bounces back. Goose Egg last game on Saturday night. He bounces back with eight points. Monte Morris, he uh he adds in, yeah, eight points as well, which I want to talk about him a little bit more next segment, but take that any direction you want to go. I guess I'm just wondering wh- which other guys or guy deserves a little mm-hmm. bit more attention or love that you know that can be for good or bad, I guess, tonight.
2: Yeah, uh let, let's let's go bad. Jaden mm-hmm. McDaniels needs yeah. to wake up. Yeah, Jaden McDaniels entered tonight, averaging eight point one points in February, yeah. lowest scoring month of the season, and he added two. Um, on a late alley oop. It was not a good Jaden Knight offensively. Mm-hmm. You know, you still you still feel his defensive impact. That's why he's on the floor. But I think there were there were times early in the season where he was occasionally like your third best scoring option, and that's not happening right now. The the jumper is drying up a little bit, and you don't see him shooting confidently. And Jim Pete even made the point, he's not setting his feet really. So we got we got to get more from Jaden. Um, that's a player that could really take this offense to the next level if you're, you know, I don't even know where you'd rank him among the the top Wolves scorers, but if he could give you that lift on occasion, not every night, just on occasion, uh, that would go a long way toward bolstering this offense into the league's top half.
0: Yeah, well said. All right, plenty more deep dive, including Monte Morris and the Wolves' impact off the bench tonight. That's all coming up right after this. quick reminder tonight's postcast brought to us by our friends over at stitch fix guys sometimes the biggest cliches in life they're cliches because they're true and one of the best cliches that resonates with me the most if you look good you feel good hey Deion sanders said it best look good feel good feel good play good you play good they pay good and i always feel my best when i use stitch fix because with stitch fix You get your own personal stylist who understands your style, your size, and most importantly, your budget. And the best part is they do all the shopping for you. That makes it without a doubt the easiest way to update your wardrobe closet for the spring season. For me personally, Sam, I'm kind of into that sporty laid back relaxed kind of casual look you know the hoodies the the fleeces the quarter zip ups maybe a golf polo or two so my personal stylist helped me find some new trendy clothes that fit my look and feel perfectly and helped me update my closet without those long excruciating stressful trips to the mall All you got to do you tell your stylist your size your style and your budget and they'll take care of the rest and my favorite part No subscriptions required. You just order a new box how you want it, when you want it, and if you don't like it, no problem. You send it back on the house, free shipping, free returns, free exchanges. It's style that makes you feel as good as you look. So get started today at stitchfix.com slash locked on. That's stitchfix.com slash locked on. What is it? It's stitchfix.com slash locked on. Okay, Sam, my new favorite bit, me and Jack started, it's the Monte Morris watch, just because I think it's kind of fun to keep tabs on, on him and how he's fitting into the whole mix of things and whatnot. And I never really got your take on the trade as a whole. And I guess since then, what have you liked? What's impressed you the most? And how do you think he can help this team down the stretch now moving forward?
2: Um, I I've said that I wasn't going to make any judgments on Monte Morris until we got out of the all-star break. We had him for Mm -hmm. a handful of games prior. And I, I, I just, I learned my lesson last year with Mike Conley, especially when you're in a position to sort of commandeer the offense as a point guard. Um, he's learning the offense. He's learning the sets, right? Like he's got a lot going on upstairs where early on, I think you're just focused on staying within the flow of the offense, executing, making the right passes. I wasn't going to judge any lack of production from him. So coming out of the break, he's been nondescript. I don't think he's been a detriment. Um, I think four points, four points, and tonight, eight points, Mm -hmm. four assists the last two games. Um, It's a nice impact. I, I still think like Nikhil, for instance, is, has a little higher offensive upside right now. Monte Morris is probably going to live and die a little bit more with the three. Uh, He's a three point shooter. And if he's not hitting the three, he might not have a big box score. Um, Tonight. I think he went two of eight, had a lot of good looks that didn't fall. I like him getting those looks. Um, I trust him to shoot those shots. He should be shooting those shots Uh, tonight. They didn't fall. I hope they will down the road. I'm still not going to judge him too strongly either way because I think he's still getting acclimated. Um, But against good competition, they are going to need him to do something, right? Like he's going to be on the floor as part of that second unit. So I am looking for more from him, but I'm not panicked yet. And I don't think that his low percentage tonight was too detrimental. Um, He's another adult in the room and he's, you know, He's still an upgrade for Shake Milton, right? So right. let's look at it that right. way, too.
0: Absolutely. We're in the net positive, even with a, if you want to call it, a semi-slow start from Monte Morris, mm-hmm. which some people would even argue that. And, and speaking about another adult in the room, what about the Conley-Morris rotation, specifically getting both those guys on the court at the same time? That's been kind of fun to watch, just having two guys now be able to, you know, do and control so many different things as far as dictating the flow of the game on top of taking care of the ball so well like they both do.
2: Yeah, um, other than, you know, Rudy obviously playing like a madman inside. Wolves played pretty small tonight. We saw a lot of J-Mac, a lot of Conley, a lot of Morris, um, and Nas for Cat. So smaller Wolves lineup tonight for the most part. Um, And, I mean, Conley was brilliant. Once again, active hands defensively, wonderful, triggering some fast breaks. The Wolves in general were pretty fun to watch. And, and I, th- I thought that was actually a really good coaching job from Chris Finch, assuming that was sort of uh, promoted by him and his staff to kind of push the pace against the Spurs, because I think it got the Wolves engaged early in the game. It was a little lethargic start. I thought that, that Conley and the ball handlers really got the ball up the floor Wolves had some good rushes early on, built that lead in part because of their fast breaks, especially with Wemby off the floor. Um, when he had that first break, the Wolves opened it up to double digits. But Conley, man, when Conley hits the, those sidestep threes, uh, yeah. that's his secret sauce. That That's the Conley move. And he's mm-hmm. been more and more willing to do that. And tonight, it it just rains in. And how many did J-Mac have? J Mac. I, I was just gonna
0: the- ask you about J Mac if three we should four. give some love to J Mac tonight. Man, he continues mm-hmm. to slowly but surely find more and more of a groove, I guess. And he looks like he's in full swing, man. He's got a swag back from that, you know, ankle injury he had to kind of start the season a little slow. He's just fighting for minutes, but every time he gets minutes, he delivers, doesn't he?
2: Yeah, that seems to be the best role for him. And I, he goose egged the previous four games in limited minutes, didn't have any points. But tonight, mm. got a little more run, his most minutes since Houston, back on February 4th, and made mm. the most of them. And and that, two years ago, that was J-Mac's bread and butter, was when he, he got minutes, he made the most of them. He made the offense smooth, hit a couple shots, and that's kind of what you want out of him now, because he probably won't get... A lot of minutes every single game. It's going to be sparing for him. So he's got to be an energy source when he does get on the floor. And tonight delivered perfectly. It is such a beautiful shot. I love his release. I know he's smaller. It's a little harder for him to get the shot off. But catch and shoot, J-Mac is reliable.
0: Uh, I always ask Jack or Tyler to break down the opposing team for a quick 60 seconds. Mm -hmm. And you can certainly give us, you know, your two cents on the Spurs, how far away maybe they still are, but I don't know if you already emptied the clip on your Wemby takes. If you have any more of those, we'll certainly take those as well. Take uh, take it any direction you want though, just as far as the season, you know, he's having himself and then the Spurs kind of future outlook, if you will.
2: Man, if I'm pop, I don't know how i how does he survive <laughs> after watching the beauty of Manu, of my Tony man. Parker, of Tim Duncan. How does Dude. he deal with this atrocity? Mm-hmm. Now I, I've I see on my social media I see people post the box scores. Wemby, oh look at this Wemby box score had five a five 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 game. Wow, and the Spurs lost by twenty two, and and this is what. <laughs> it's been for them. They've lost 12 of 13. Now, a lot of those games by a ton. And I don't know if it's always felt this empty for Wemby, but he scored eight points early on and then disappeared for two straight quarters. Now I think it's probably been a little better than that, but a lot of empty minutes from him, his tank might be running a little on empty, hitting a little bit of a rookie wall. I don't want to be too hard on him because he's young and he has no supporting cast, mm-hmm. but that, that team man is starved of talent. Devin Vassell is probably their second best player. Um, And he was ice cold tonight. Wemby just floated. I mean, for, for literally two quarters of the game and didn't come alive until garbage time again. And he still does things that wow you, like the way he moves down an open lane and reaches 12 feet in the air. It is mesmerizing. But I think he's got a lot of work to do. And, Pop, I mean, Pop must be completely gray or white haired now. I mean, there, there there, can't be any left, any colored hair left on his head after watching this team.
0: It kind of reminds you of Bill Belichick for all those years, and all of a sudden, that last mm. year or two, it's like, man, what's going on? I, I got nothing to work with. I'm gonna take the brunt of the heat, obviously, as I should. But same with Pop right now. Yeah, you got that one kind of core nucleus piece you can build around, obviously. But even if you're Wemby, it's like, man, I don't have a lot of help around me to help kind of progress and develop this Did, thing. It, yeah.
2: Didn't it? Didn't it? Wasn't tonight a good lesson too in how being a good post player? It's a lot about footwork, it's a lot about timing. Yeah. And Rudy Gobert, who whose hands are not great, shooting is not great, he knows how to position himself, that's offensively and defensively. So when he gets the ball in a post-up position against Wemby, he makes Wemby's reach irrelevant mm. with the way he pivots, the way he gets Rem- Wemby stuck under the basket. It was a thing of beauty. And you know, we get on Rudy for his bad hands, Wemby fumbled the ball a lot tonight. I mean, he was kicking it around, five turnovers in the game. Uh, he was having a really tough time. And credit credit Rudy and the Wolves for kind of making him disappear and shrink into this game. Uh, the Wolves totally overwhelmed him.
0: Yeah, well said on that. All right, we got time for one quick segment left. We're going to talk about the Wolves' remaining homestand schedule on deck, and that's coming up right after this. Quick reminder, tonight's episode brought to us by BetterHelp. Guys, what are some of the things you want to keep the same about yourself or about your life in 2024? Maybe ask, where are you already crushing it? Try ditching all the New Year's resolutions and start expanding on what you're already doing right. Maybe that's organizing the closet or the garage. I know that's something that I'm always terrible about. Well, therapy can help you find your best strengths and Maximize your own specific skill set so you can finally ditch the extreme resolutions. Instead, therapy can help you make changes that really stick over the long term once and for all. If you've been thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited for your time frame. And guys, it's so easy. All you got to do, you fill out a brief questionnaire, you get matched up with a the licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists at any time at no additional charge. It's time to start celebrating the progress you've already made. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H E L P.com slash locked on NBA. Okay, Sam, uh, Wolves had that nice long break, obviously, you know, and then obviously come out the gate, they lose to the Bucks. Now you've won two straight. You got the Grizzlies on deck, they're hurting. What do you want to see these next four home games from this team outside of the obvious, well, eh, just win every game? Like what like what are maybe, you know, some second half of the season adjustments you and I kind of talked about that you're still waiting to kind of kick in to kind of still take some shape and come to fruition that maybe hasn't yet if there's anything uh, top of your head because I guess my point is why I'm asking this Mm -hmm. you better take advantage when you get seven in a row at home because on the other side of it you know what's staring you down the face seven straight row games and a few back-to-backs in the mix on top of that so you better take care of business right now.
2: Yeah, well, well, first speaking on just the individual matchups, they've got, I think, two games that you circle and say, got to be W's, Memphis tomorrow, Trailblazers to end the homestand. And if you can win those, that ensures a winning homestand, and it means you've beaten all the sub-500 teams. They took care of Brooklyn. They've taken care of the Spurs tonight, lost to Milwaukee. So that leaves the Kings and the Clippers. Those are Mm -hmm. the two most compelling matchups possible playoff previews in, in, in both those cases. Uh, Kings on Friday, Clippers on Sunday. They've had the Clippers number, uh, and they're, I think, one and one against the Kings, and they did very well against the Kings last year. Those are going to be really entertaining basketball games. Unbelievable atmosphere at a target center. Can't wait. Now, fr- from a stylistic standpoint, I think the, the all-star break I would liken to the bye week in the NFL where you have an opportunity to self-scout, and make adjustments. We probably don't have enough of a sample size in these three games since the break to, to spot any meaningful trends. But I think if, if we were talking during the All-Star break, which we did, Luke, we talked Wolves during the All-Star break. We, we were saying, um, shoot more threes. Mm-hmm. Turn the ball over less. Um, because the Wolves went into the All-Star break with the fewest shot attempts per game in the NBA. And they're a great shooting team seventh in field goal percentage, so they should be shooting more shots. And, you know, subheading, shoot more threes because you're a really good three-point shooting team, so shoot more of them. Just shoot more. Um, Maybe tonight, Luke, was a little glimpse into part of the second-half plan, and I'm talking about the fast break, right? I alluded to that in the last segment, but maybe that is part of a strategic overall plan for this team to get more shots up because they came into tonight 25th in pace in the NBA. Um, And tonight they had an urge to get down floor and I liked it. I think that's going to set up more open three point shooters, get the defense scrambled, have some odd man rushes, so-called down the floor. And I think that that might be the solution to the pace problem and the shots problem. I'm going to be watching for that going forward.
0: All right, let's close with a quick mini preview for tomorrow night's game. By the way, Wolves five and two, on the second game of their back-to-backs this year. Hopefully they can keep that going. But got the Grizzlies. We've already seen them a few times this year. In fact, this is going to be their fourth matchup already. Wolves are already three and overs them this season. And I know Memphis is, you know, they're all sorts of banged up right now. But what's the top storyline or two you foresee kind of top of your head? And then part two to this, what do things look like now if we don't have Cat and or Slow Mo once again for that one?
2: Yeah, and and if it is, you know, the death of a close friend, we they might not have cat. I mean, that that could be a right. couple day absence for him. We we don't know for sure. Memphis is coming off a twenty five point loss to Brooklyn, um, and if the injury report here is to be believed, Luke Kennard, their top shooter, is out for the game, and of course, Ja, also out, and they've dealt with a million injuries. But I, I guess what I learned from the last time Memphis visited. If you remember, uh, you know, it was probably a month ago, Thursday night game on TNT. It was the game where Ant threw it off the backboard to himself.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm.
2: Memphis was really plucky in that game. They work really hard for Taylor Jenkins. Jim Pete actually talked about that tonight on the broadcast, Um, which, by the way, we got to talk about Dashaun Nix's coat before this is over. (laughs) I just got to let you know. We got to talk about Jim Pete talking about the coat. But yeah. Me- Me- Memphis, I think, is going to give you effort. They they pass the ball beautifully. They've got some good role players on that team. They just don't have a star anymore without Ja. This is, again, a game where you could get caught off guard, I think, if the Wolves are flat-footed. Um, I think Memphis is going to offer you more of a fight than the Spurs did tonight. Still should win. Still got to win. And the early line is 11 and a half in that one. So, um, I, I like the wolves chances. Um, and Hey, last time Memphis kind of kind of built a lead on him and the wolves had to come back. Maybe the wolves will be ready from the jump against this Grizzlies team.
0: Okay. Give us your best 15 seconds on that coat, man. I text you, I go, what's the deal, man? I can't take my eyes off Deshaun Nix and what he's doing on the sideline because of that coat help, help explain it to people. If maybe they missed it.
2: Um, yeah, well, I mean, the coat became probably the third biggest star of the game. I mean, you had you had Ant with 34 points, you had Rudy with his domination inside, and you had the coat. I mean, Bally Sports North couldn't take the cameras off it. Jim Pete called it Joseph called him Joseph in the Technicolor dream coat. <laughs> um, he was it was everywhere, it was all over the place. It was it reversible, Luke. It oh looked gosh. like it looked like it was reversible, it had the same kind of pattern going on on the inside it was like one of those blankets that your grandma like she gets 20 different pieces of fabric and then stitches them together to create like a large (laughs) blanket like that's kind of what that coat was it just had a lot going on and i didn't know what i was looking at but i was i was here for it that kept me glued to the screen until triple
0: zeros uh well done tonight, my man. It, it's like you know your Timberwolves basketball or something. It's like you should do a show, like a weekly Wolves show or something like that. I'm just throwing that out there. I, I mean, you know, we'll take if, you if I we can get if you, I but. did or if I
2: were going to do that, it would probably be, um, every Wednesday morning. And I'd probably invite a couple of local personalities, maybe a Reggie Wilson, maybe even Jack Borman from this show or Ron Johnson from Lockdown Sports Minnesota. It'd probably be about 45 minutes right here in Lockdown Sports Minnesota.
0: Absolutely love it. Wolves heating back up now with back-to-back wins. Tonight's final, 114-105. They stay atop the West, and they notch their 41st win of the season. Memphis Grizzlies tomorrow night, tip-off 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. As always, a huge shout-out to everyone that joined us and stayed up. For this one, love the feedback, love the comments, the energy, the knowledge, the passion in this comment section. Rest assured, we'll be back each and every game, same time, same place, right here to break it all down. And as Sam kind of teed up and teased, quick reminder, make sure you check out the entire crew on the Minnesota Basketball Party. That's each and every Wednesday. Give us a quick little tease on what to expect from tomorrow's show. What's on deck for tomorrow?
2: Uh, Tomorrow, we're obviously talking Spurs game. Um, we'll probably talk just about the West as a whole, what the Wolves are going to need to do to be the number one seed. How many wins do they need to bank? Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll predict the week ahead. We always do that. So the Wolves have a big four game week, all the games at home. We'll see who nails it, uh, in their prediction for the week
0: and over under, uh, how many times Ron Johnson mentions uh, a movie reference. Where's that line at nowadays, speaking of fan duel and spreads one and a half.
2: 42 and and a half, I think, (laughs) is the line.
0: Okay. All right. Fair enough. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Sam's hosting. Jack Borman. Gophers legend, Ron Johnson. Carol Evans, Reggie Wilson. And don't forget, too, Ben Beacon. He's always ripping it up over on the Locked on Wolves podcast. That's each and every day as well. That'll do it for us tonight, though. He's Sam Ekstrom. I'm Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. Until next time, signing out.